Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And yes, we're still doing this. Uh, three, I this, wait. this is episode 344. That's right. That's right. Still sponsor free. Still ad free. Yes. Which is, yes. In, you know, because we're loyal. We're independent. We are. We are. Yeah. Oh, hey, I was going to ask you. Do you hear the sound of like beautiful birds chirping and bells ringing? Or is it just me? It's just you. Why are you hearing those sounds? Why am I hearing it? Because the Cardinals are eliminated. Oh, what a that's lovely. why I'm hearing it. And it's w- been I've been hearing it nonstop since Monday night, buddy, and it is fantastic. And uh, so the NFL playoffs are are rolling on. Uh, I I know that this is not a pro Tom Brady podcast, but I did enjoy the stat that he is older than all of the remaining NFC head coaches except for his. Yeah, own. I saw that. I saw um, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and of course I've seen the mention this week too of, uh, you know, like three of the four NFC coaches, they were on the same staff together with Washington in 2013, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Shanahan was the coordinator and McVay and LaFleur were, were position coaches. So, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but hey, I, I was just, uh, we talked Sunday. I told you how how angsty I was about that Rams-Cardinals game, and boy, it was, it was nice. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, Kyler uh, wasn't wasn't quite ready for prime time. It felt like in that game. No, it was, he he was bad. They were bad. Um, and I've seen and, on the I've seen on the social media on the Twitters mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, Cardinal fans Kingsbury needs to go. Kyler's not the answer. <laughs> you, know. you know how it always goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it 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 definitely continues a pattern for Kingsbury going back to Texas Tech of. You know, he, he starts well, and he does not finish well. And, and uh, I mean, there were a couple Texas Tech years that they started, you know, 6-1 and one or 5-0, and oh, and, and, you know, they would end up with seven or eight wins total. And, you know, last year they were 6-3 and three leading the division and missed the playoffs. This year they were 10-2 and two leading the division and didn't win the division and then, you know, get bounced in their first game of the playoffs. So, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a pattern that you can't be denied. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think they can fire him. Uh, I doubt it. I mean, they won two I read games. Somebody, I, they did. I mean, I read somebody make the point, and it's an interesting point that you know, and it's one that probably can be extended to other people too. Is like if you don't if you don't believe this guy can win you a Super Bowl, then what's the point of keeping him around? And do you really believe that he can win you a Super Bowl? I mean, I, you know, I guess you never know until someone does. But I, you know, I don't. I don't see that. Um, but then, you know, if you get rid of him, then what, what of Kyler Murray? Because he was his handpicked guy. I mean, they're, they, they, you know, they were sort of like Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards. We talk about that. Like Herm was an unconventional hire with ASU, but it made sense because of Ray Anderson. Well, Kyler Murray was a, an unconventional choice with the number one overall pick, but it made sense because of Kingsbury wanting him. Yeah. It's, it's certainly interesting. I, I think that you, it's a lot easier to change coaches than quarterbacks at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they can't change. I mean, they're not changing quarterbacks this offseason, I don't think. But it does beg the question, you know, he's he's extension eligible now after three years. You know, do you want to you want to commit to him? I, I don't know that I would. I'd, I'd probably pick up the fifth-year option, and, and I wouldn't go any further than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to commit to him now, and you can always franchise him. 
And, yeah, you know, yeah. You got him for two more years at least, at least, even without the tag, if you want it. Um, and yeah, I mean, and if he's really good, he, you get him for five without sure, having to, sure. you, know. you know. And has he has he played as well as as you know a uh, Josh Allen or or Mahomes or you know that got those deals after three years? I don't I don't think so. No. Um, I mean, he's had spots where he's looked good, but. You know, just about every quarterback can have spots where they look good. That's the well, you know NFL the, the, quarterbacks exactly. They are, and and the game is such now that you know passing is is easier for many reasons, rules, offensive design, etc. Uh, you know, I mean, almost any quarterback can have games where he looks like, wow, that guy looks really good. It's it's can you do it consistently? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You know, I don't I don't anticipate change. I know today there was conflicting reports that you know a former. Well, a former a former uh, college classmate of ours, Kyle Odegaard, who used to work for the Cardinals, now doesn't, tweeted that, you know, Michael Bidwell had a tense meeting with Steve Kime and Kingsbury and was furious about the late season collapse and changes could be made. And then Rappaport came out and said, no meeting like that has happened, per sources. So who do you believe in that? I tend to believe Odegaard. Because I think he probably still has some inside knowledge of the team. Well, and the other um, thing is, Odegaard doesn't have to carry water for people. He does not. He does know? not. Exactly. He works for a for a gambling company now. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and Rappaport does. Rappaport, Schefter, and those those guys got to keep sources. And uh, you know, and again, I'll just. I mean, I'm not saying Kyle Odegaard is is you know Bob Woodward, but he works for the team. He's probably still got relationships inside that building. Uh, I I tend to believe that. You know that it yeah. that it did happen. Um, so who knows? I mean, uh, you know, Michael Bidwell's got a very high opinion of himself, and and he doesn't he doesn't take to you know he's not he's not his old man who's content to just you know go along and and you know he he wants to he wants to be you know Robert Kraft I believe um, you know yeah. and and so will he ever be? I doubt it, but I, I think that's what he fancies himself. Oh, for sure. From. From my perspective, the reason why I would be inclined to believe Odegaard, besides the fact that I've met him and haven't met Rappaport, is that if one guy's sources says there was a tense meeting and the other guy's sources says they're not aware of a tense meeting, Mm -hmm. those are not actually mutually exclusive. True, they're not. They're not, yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean... uh... You know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Rappaport. I, I think he, over the years, I've noticed he just seems like a, a, a guesser in some ways. He seems like a guy who just throws stuff at the wall, and some of it sticks. And so then we call him an insider. Mm-hmm. That's very, very much like Schefter. You know, I mean, they get they get a lot wrong, but they they never go firmly on record with things. They kind of they couch every one of their predictions. You know, yeah. as of now, this looks like this is going to happen. And as of now. I'm hearing right, you know. right. You know, like the the you know the Steelers are are planning to proceed with Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. Well, okay, of course they are right now because those are the only two quarterbacks on the roster. Mm-hmm. But you know, are they going to still be doing that in March or May or July? Who knows? I mean, they may, but uh, yeah, I mean, those are the type of things that those guys do, and they also it's been you know it's been proven this year with Schefter. There, as you said, they they carry water. They're in the in the pockets of people. Well, it's to, the whole Dalvin their... Cook story. The entire Dalvin Cook story was Schefter basically repeating verbatim Dalvin Cook's lawyer's press release. Right, right. You know, I mean, and they, you know, the, the did you see this past weekend with the Deshaun Watson Miami 
you know, Brian Flores was the one who wanted Deshaun Watson in Miami, and now they're not expected to pursue him. Like, I mean, from pretty much every angle, that was not true. And then he, he does a second tweet where he basically says, you know, other sources say that ownership wanted him too. Well, they can't both be true. What what are you saying? I mean, you're contradicting yourself Wait, within like two hours. Unless Brian Flores somehow had an ownership stake that we're right, not aware right. of. I mean, it's pretty well established that, that Ross wanted Deshaun Watson this year. And I mean, it, it's been widely reported and never debunked that could he have settled all his suits by the trade deadline, they were going to trade for him. And he came close to doing so, but it was too late in the process to, to get it done. Um, you know, so like, yeah, just it's revisionist history. And, and, you know, they want that message out there. The Dolphins do. And Schefter appears to, as I'm going to use your term again, carry their water to, to get that message out there for them. Oh, yeah. So long story short, we're getting back to where I started. I know we intended to start with college football, as we usually do. But uh Man, the Cardinals losing always makes me happy. And the fact they lost to Matthew Stafford, who, as you know, I'm a big fan of. And glad to see him finally get that playoff win. And, you know, it's amazing when you go to a good team that you can win in the playoffs. Uh, you know, not, not not that hard to figure out the dynamic there. Uh, so that was a, a double whammy of celebration for me. Yeah. No, it's it's great. It was a, It was a great day for you. It was. It was. It was. It was back to back good Monday nights for the for the dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, the damn good dogs, baby. They, they win the national title, and then their quarterback gets that first playoff win. And yeah, I I was I was pleased. From where I'm sitting, the playoffs are about to begin. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. That's a divisional I, weekend. Yes. As I expressed to my mother earlier this week. Now my fandom switches to a to a new layer because, like, during the regular season, when your team is, you know, comfortably ahead in the division and, sure. you know, especially as you're, like, kind of coasting into the one seed, it's like, oh, yeah. all right, well, I don't really, you know, like, I didn't get all that worked up about the Viking game. I didn't get all that worked no. up about how the season, at- it's like, yeah, oh, sure. they lost to the Lions. Oh, what a... What a yeah, shame, you know, like we're right. not really trying. Did everybody come out of it okay? Oh, no. Right, like it's all, right. All right. So, but now it's like, now I care too much. Hey, now I I'm hear here. you, man. <laughs> I followed I followed Peyton Manning and the Colts for, for year after year after year, and they had a lot of years like, like this where, you know, by week 16, 17, they were comfortably in the playoffs. They had a bye locked up and – like, you know, you're just you're just buying your time until January to see what what's going to happen then. Yeah. So now I'm now I'm nervous. Now I'm yeah. now I'm stressed. <laughs> it's, it's, it comes with the territory, man. I mean, you know, I'm I'm rooting for the Rams because of Stafford, and I feel in some ways like you know they they did for me. You know, like they got the win, they got the playoff win, got that monkey off his back. Now they're going and playing the Bucks, and it's like, you know, anything else is, is icing on the cake. But I will say, should they beat Tampa, then the, the, the angst will be turned up because then I'll feel like, man, they're like one step away from the Super Bowl. Could this really happen? That type of deal. Yeah. Right now I'm in kind of that like, eh, whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. But if they pull off the upset this week, then then I, I turn it up a notch. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, Buffalo gets a win. Cincy gets a win. Uh, you know, Kansas City. Kansas, Kansas City, City looked good after after a bumpy first quarter. That that game started 
Sunday night, very much like, you know, like Pittsburgh needed it to go. A lot of punts. Defensive touchdown. Yeah, like, you know, like 20 minutes or, yeah, roughly roughly 20 minutes into that game, you know, of football time, it was like, boy, this is shaping up nicely for them. And then it was boom, 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 three touchdowns before the half. And, you know, when Kansas City got that touchdown before the half to go up 21-7, so like, it's over. Pittsburgh can't score enough to, to get back in this, and they, they did not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they look, I mean, they look good after that rough start. They they cruised, and Buffalo looked good. Man, that could be a that could be a heck of a game on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, if those those two offenses looked really good, that could be a nice little shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not in the prediction business anymore, uh, because I'm usually wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, I mean, you know. You, you you picked Alabama to win the title before the year. They got to the title game. But that wasn't a horrible pick by any means. Yeah, I picked ASU to win a lot of games, though. Well, that's true. I did, too. Yeah, that, that's, that's, yeah. We can excuse <laughs> ourselves on that one. What, what do you I mean, I mean, they won eight. It wasn't like we were terribly off. But not, not close enough. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, now, that being said, I will share my rooting interests are... Uh, are Packers Rams. I, okay. I, I you don't, don't want that Tampa Bay rematch, do you? I I don't see. I'm not a guy who needs to like get vengeance to no. to make my point. I think we I have a you. better shot of beating the Rams than beating no, Tampa. And 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 that's maybe I'm wrong because the Rams defense is very good. They have Aaron Donald. They do. You know. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, I. Uh, I, well, I mean, so I will tell you, obviously, I admitted my rooting interest is Rams. Um, now, I'm sort of glad Packers Niners is first mm-hmm. because based on the winner of that, my rooting interest for Rams will be stronger. If the Niners win, then I'm like, I mean, I'm going to be for the Rams no matter what. But I'd be much more like, oh, my God, if they win, they're hosting the NFC title game. And, you know, like this could happen. If the Packers win, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit more like, well, you know, if they win, and uh, great. But I, I still won't feel good about their chances going to Green Bay and winning. What uh, What about the AFC? Where Where are your allegiances? So, AFC's tough, man. I mean, I, like, I don't have as as strong of rooting interests because I'm kind of like Titans Bengals to me is like two teams that I I don't really have a strong little feeling either way. I don't dislike them. But yeah. I don't have anybody that I'm really, you know, rooting for. Whereas Bills, Chiefs, I like Mahomes and I like Josh Allen. Um, you know, so it's I almost wish the opponents were different. I'd root for the Bills and the Chiefs so that they could, you know, play in the next round. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I'm probably for the Bills. I mean, I, I think it'd be cool to see the Bills make the Super Bowl. Um, you know, the, I guess kind of comes down to that. Like, I like both guys. Well, Mahomes has been to the Super Bowl twice. He's won one. It'd be cool to see Josh Allen get that. Super Bowl run, um, yeah, and then Bengals Titans. I, I don't know, honestly. I mean, like, what what do you think? What's your thought on that one? So I am rooting for the Bengals just based on distance from the last time they were this close. Um, yeah, I don't have any problem with the Titans. You know, the the AFC to yeah. me. I you know I feel similar to you. My my strongest rooting interest as just a, a football fan is probably the Bills. Yeah, I, I mine think, is. I think yeah. that's a fun team. 
It is, it is, and the fan base has, you know, suffered for so long, yeah. you know, I mean, like two decades of, of mostly being pretty bad, um, and, and they finally got a really good team, and it, like, it just, yeah, that's that's kind of, I mean, before the playoffs started, I thought, you know, Bills-Rams was kind of my preference because of Stafford, mm-hmm. and obviously because of, of the, you know, the Bills, like we're talking about. But I, I don't mind the Chiefs at all. I mean, I like Mahomes. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, it, you know, so for me, it's the Chiefs got it. Like I, I wanted right. Andy Reid to get his Super Bowl. He got it. Me Mahomes too. got me his. Too. Me so too. at this point, I'm looking at it. I think that a Bengals Bills matchup in Orchard Park, yeah, would be excellent. It would. It would. I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, you yeah, got I Joe mean, Burrow and Jamar Chase and the cigars yes. and the. Hype yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Burrow's one of those guys who, like, I'm not quite sure where I'm going to come down on him as his career unfolds. Mm-hmm. Not sure if I'm going to like him, root against him, or just sort of be like ambivalent. I don't know. Well, I, I, I can see him being kind on... of a Matt Ryan to me, where it's like, yeah, if he's good, he's good, great. If he's not, I'm not going to be upset either. See, for me, I think that it's a little bit more. How much success does he have? If he has, yeah. if he has a little success and he's just this cocky, you know, kind of underdog. Maybe you feel like the Bengals are overperforming and almost right. there. Like if he does this for twelve years and then they win one, you're like, sure. wow, that look at that sticking with yeah. their guy. That's pretty cool. Sure. But if all of a sudden out of nowhere they win this one. And then all you know, all off season, it's just Joe Burrow commercial after Joe Burrow commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he has that feel of a guy that I could easily grow to dislike. I'm not saying I do yet, but you know, like there's just that, as you said, this sort of cockiness and and uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like I'm not there yet, and I may never get there. But yeah, if they were to have too much immediate success. That's probably why I would say I'm rooting for the Titans in a way, because I kind of feel like, you know, okay, the Bengals, they, they ran their race this year. They won the division. They won a playoff game. Good job. Now bow out. Wait your turn type of thing. Well, and I think part of what I'm saying, I guess, is Joe Burrow's never going to be the story of Ryan Tannehill because he's the number one pick and all right. these things. Like Tannehill right. got moved off of quarterback in college. Then, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. the Dolphins basically – you know, gave up on him. Right. And by happy accident, he winds up starting in Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Went there as a backup. And because Mariota got hurt, you know, got his chance. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then they found something. And, and frankly, Derrick Henry's just kind of incredible to watch. He is. You know? He is, yeah. I mean, it, I feel like if he's, if he's back, which they haven't said for sure, but it seems like it's going that direction that the Titans win. I mean, if he's, if he's back and, and back to who he is, you know, the Bengals have some defensive line injuries that happened last week. One, and one, they put one guy on IR. Just It feels like the Titans win. And yet, then I think, like, God, the Titans barely beat Houston there in Week 18 when they had to have it. They won, but it wasn't overly impressive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I read, it's, I mean, it's harsh. But I read some headline about, you know, are the Titans the NFL's worst number one seed since playoff expansion? Like, I mean, I didn't look, I didn't read the article to see the comparisons, but they don't feel like a number one seed, do they? Like, you don't look at them like, oh, Titans, how's anybody going to beat them? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, doesn't it kind of feel like whoever comes out of that Chiefs Bills game is going to be the favorite? I think so. I, I mean, obviously, if the Bengals win, then the winner of the Chiefs Bills will be at home. And then I think definitely, yeah. and, you know, unless the Titans are really impressive, you know, Derrick Henry comes out and runs for 150 and they just steamroll the Bengals. Yeah, I could see Bills or Chiefs being a road favorite. Yeah. Um, Certainly Chiefs. I mean, if the, you know, if the, with their pedigree now, it must be noted that the Titans beat both the Chiefs and the Bills during the season and bludgeoned the Chiefs. I mean, that was a total butt-kicking, I remember. So, you know, the, the matchup history isn't great for either team, but still, it feels like second time around we could see a different result. Yeah. Um, so, let's pivot now away from the NFL. And let's talk a little bit about the continuing fun offseason of college football. Yeah. ASU gets a new defensive backs coach, some new linemen on both sides of the ball. Yep, yep. Jordan Porter decommitted. We're seeing a lot of that now, transfer portal decommitments. Oh, did he? I didn't see that he did. Yeah, so he had committed to Buffalo? I saw he was going to go to Buffalo. Yeah, and he, now he's back he announced that. that he was decommitting from Buffalo, and, and it's. I saw somebody tweeted this. I I can't remember who. If I would, if I did, I would give them credit. But it was one of the national media guys. It might have been, um, the Wilner hotline. Might have been John okay. Wilner. Yeah. But, he, but the point they made, I thought, was good. The transfer portal is even less like National Signing Day. Because until the guy enrolls in a class, nothing matters. Right, 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 yeah. I've seen a lot of, I mean, I didn't know Jordan Porter did, but I I saw today some some, uh, Wyoming receiver who was, I guess, really good at Wyoming, was supposed to go to Tennessee, flip to Texas. Uh, You know, and and yeah, there's been others that, like, oh, they're going to, I mean, the the UCF quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, was going to go to UCLA, now he's going to Oklahoma, Uh, you know, so, yeah, the... The, the portal is not only like you have to re-recruit guys, but then you have to re-recruit them and re-recruit them and re-recruit. Like, you know, it, it's got to be exhausting for a coach and, and, and a staff. I, I can't, I mean, look, they get paid well and they know what they're getting into, but man, that's got to be a tough job now. Oh yeah. Well, and the, the, the thing that's crazy to me is that the ground keeps shifting, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. because the way the portal works is you bring in this guy. You know, like ASU just brought in this defensive lineman from Miami. I don't I don't really believe, based on the relationships and things, that Jermaine Lole would leave. But what if yeah, this guy got true. brought in, so then Lole enters the portal. Right, right. And it happens. I mean, you know, like it – and there's and so what is it? I think it's, what, May 1st is the deadline to play next year. Yeah, so you get all of uh, spring ball. So, yeah, I mean, we're a long ways from the finish line on, on – ASU and just, you know, nationally. I mean, watching, you know, Georgia and Alabama both. I mean, it's like I read somebody, you know, what's going on with Houston? Like, nothing's going on, man. What's going on? It's college football. Like, mm-hmm. they're still great programs, but there's only so much playing time. And, you know, guys get to the end of the road and they see that they didn't get the time they wanted this year or they're not going to get the time they want next year. And they look for a better opportunity. That's what's going on. 
Well, I, the nature of the beast. Well, and I think Haller's story about this kid from Miami is a good indicator of that. He was Mr. Miami. He he mm-hmm. wanted, you know, he grew up there. This is what he wanted. But right. it's like, right. it, you know, do you need an opportunity? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I just think, like, I mean, there's going to be, obviously, exceptions to this. Not everybody is cut from the same cloth, but I... You know, I think we've always romanticized that, like, you choose a college and you're going to be with that college forever unless something really goes wrong. And I think the mentality has shifted now. I think it's, it's, I mean, how many times do you hear, you know, like, well, I love my coaches there and I love my teammates, but I just needed a better opportunity. It's not anymore is it like, oh, I was mistreated there. The coaches lied to me. You know, the coach, you know, the coaches didn't give me a fair shake or the coach left. And I, you know, it's just, hey, I, I just need a better opportunity. I'm going to take it. Which is fine, but but we as fans have to change our mentality too because it doesn't mean anything's wrong. It's just it's just the nature of the beast right now. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, having a bunch of guys leave doesn't mean there's something wrong with your program. It used to. I mean, remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago we we lamented, you know, all the guys leaving under Herb Sendak with basketball, and I'm like, ah, what is wrong? You can't keep guys here. I, I don't know that we'll be having that discussion anymore. Because that's just how it is everywhere now. Well, and also think about, uh, you know, the fact that it's still mentally that way for places like Hawaii with Todd Graham. You know, where it's like, well, why why is everybody leaving? It's the way you're running the program. It's like, yeah, it it may be. It may well be that this is because of the way you're running your program. It may be, sure, sure. I mean, there are times where that's the case but yeah i mean you know can we can is georgia you know in dire straits no they just want a national championship but they recruit like mad every year it's just you know there's only so many they, there's only so many you know snaps to go around i mean they i know the receiver jermaine burden entered and like oh you know but why would he leave like because they've got like six other guys coming back you know there's there's not enough passes to go around mm-hmm um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, but I'm glad you read the Howler story about the kid from Miami because did you notice the the one little throwaway line in there about how he threatened to punch a, a, a photographer? Yeah. <laughs> that was like I, I had to read that a second and third time. Like what? Uh, you know, like he just kind of threw it in in a one sentence thing. You know, oh, he had uh, 31 tackles that year, and after the Georgia Tech game, he threatened to punch a photographer. Like, but wait, wait. Go back. Uh, what happened with that? I, I need more details on that one. Yeah. I I think that that's one of those things where, like, we just all need to pretend like we didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, look, I, I'm not saying it makes him a bad, you know, I, who knows? I mean, he, you know, I don't know the circumstance and, that, you know, but it, it was one of those that I'm like, I kind of want more details on that one. I mean, what did the photographer do? Was there any fallout from this? Was it, you know, like that—that's a one line that makes me want more. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, intrigued by the kid. I mean, you know, it sounds like he's—he's got, he's got talent. Got talent, and and you know, like Haller's going through our defensive line group. I'm like, wow, this is, this looks like a pretty good group. I mean, you know, obviously there's question marks. Is you know, Lole come back healthy and. You know, some of these guys that contributed in small doses this year, like can, can they can they step forward and do it on a on an every game basis? Um, but you know that 
that could be the strength of the team next year as you as you look at it. Probably in some ways was this year, or a strength at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It look, you need depth. Like we're we're losing a lot of guys kind of all yeah. over the field. So yeah. I don't know. I'm, I mean, and, and we got what, two offensive linemen in the last couple of days? Yeah. Penn State kid and some kid from like what, a very small like school. State or, well, we beat what, Weber State for him. It was yeah, like the uh, other offers were all like either FCS or group of five. And I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, and that doesn't mean I'm always hesitant. That doesn't mean the kid's no good. Oh, but yeah. it did sort of like, like, uh, like, well, I mean, if I was being offered by all those schools and ASU, I'd probably choose ASU because they're far and away the, the biggest school I've got on my list. Yeah. hundred doesn't mean he's great, but maybe he is. I mean, you know, Hey, there's, there's always some, some gems out there. You know, he's got size, what, six, seven, three hundred pounds or something like that. Oh, yeah. Huh? So, you know, I mean, it's, it's worth a shot. And that's that's all it is. Um, and and again, you know, we we have, what, a dozen scholarship spots available? Right. So right. you're yeah. going to fill it with somebody. And if you're not getting five-star kids at the position, you still need offensive linemen. Exactly. So. Exactly, and we're losing what three starters yeah. this year? Yeah, Haddis, Haddis, Haddis West, and Deesh. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's opportunity there. Be curious to you know see what this offensive line is next year. I mean, you figure, I guess that Henderson and Ben Scott, those are your two returning starters, right? Uh huh. So then you know you figure they're back in some position. Maybe Henderson goes back to left tackle since Deesh is gone. Um, you know, and then. What, where does it go from there? I mean, yeah, who knows? We've got some young guys that have been around but haven't played much. We, you know, at least these two. And didn't we have another kid say he was another offensive lineman that was transferred to us already or said he was transferring yeah. at least? Yeah. So, I mean, like, to their credit, despite the fact that we're seeing nothing on social media that's helpful or anything, mm-hmm. you know, the, the coaching staff is still recruiting. Sure, um, sure. I mean, you know, we talked about it throughout October, November, December that we were going to have to reload this roster through the portal, and they're doing that. I mean, you know, like, they are going and getting guys, and, uh, you know, how good they are, we'll find that out starting in September, I guess, but but at least they're they're not sitting on their hands. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing you wanted to mention that uh... – Bennett went back to Georgia and Daniels is leaving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, Daniels is on like his 10th or 11th school. It feels yeah. like it, but it's, I mean, I say this sort of tongue in cheek. It's only going to be his third. Yeah. Uh, but, but it, yeah, star cross career for him, man. I mean, he, you know, he wins the job, true freshman at USC, and you would have thought he's, he's ticketed for big things. And, and now just injury and, and then another injury this year. I mean, you know, like, if he stays healthy, I think they probably still win the national title. Mm-hmm. And and we're talking about you know maybe he goes in the draft and he's a who knows first or second round pick. But you know he didn't stay healthy and Bennett took advantage. I, I'm I'm surprised that Bennett is coming back. I thought you know going through the year, I thought man if they win the national title, you know you got to go if you're him. Go out on top, man. What what? He's not going to get any better than that. 
unless you win another one, which is a hard one, you know, a hard, you know, standard to reach. But I guess he thinks differently than me, I guess. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's... We'll see where Daniels ends up. I know I read uh, some suggestion of West Virginia with Graham Harrell, who was his, you yeah. know, briefly his coordinator at USC before he left. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's interesting. I, I was curious, depending on what happens with uh, the Oklahoma transfer, does he go back to USC? You know, does he pull? Do, does uh, do you get yeah. the Dabo where you you just bring back a guy bring who you lost? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that that made news, and I'm like, dude, this that, that kid's not good. I mean, no, yeah. no offense, but uh, he's a, he was bad at Northwestern. Yeah, like, really bad. Like he's he is there for depth and to start his coaching career. I mean, he even said that. He reached out to Dabo and asked about being a GA, and Dabo said, you know, why don't you play for us again? So, I mean, he, he gets it. I think he's aware. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it was kind of funny. I saw several people pointed out that, like, you know, leave it to old Dabo to throw a curveball, and if the first transfer portal guy he takes is a guy that was already there. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to start my ranting now. Okay. So if we could shift I you up here, I mean, you know, I to, to give some context to three hours ago or so, I said, you know, if you want to talk some baseball and the situation, uh, you know, and I knew that would, I knew you'd probably be fired up and, and I apparently was correct. So go for it. Let's roll. So first on, on the lockout, cause I think this is the easiest one. Okay. They've had two meetings and only one proposal that was bad from right. the owners since right. the lockout began which was right. in november short yeah. shortly after the world series right the first question that came to my mind is can is anyone actually going to blame the players i know they will they always do oh, sure. but will. but the players were locked out by ownership and then ownership yeah. came with a proposal that didn't address like the primary issues that the players cared about and tried instead to like play around the margins of the super two rule. Right. Right. I mean, I, I agree with you. And I think it's, I think it's an interesting, I read, uh, I think it was Ken Rosenthal wrote a, a thing in the athletic this week. And you, you might've read it too, that, you know, talked about, you know, how they haven't really had any substantive discussions. And, and basically he kind of said like, this isn't one of those, you know, both sides are at fault. I mean, this is pretty much all on the owners. Yeah. And I thought, you know, you're probably right, but that's not how the casual fan is going to see it. The inside baseball, the diet, the people who really follow this stuff closely, like you, mm-hmm. like reporter, you know, yeah, they see it that way. But the, the, the casual sports fan says, you know, damn greedy players that, you know, aren't they making enough money? You, you know, I mean, that's, that's how these work stoppages always go. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a a point that was made on Twitter. I honestly, I follow so many of these like baseball opinion guys who are like the you yeah know, the snarky back of the room baseball opinion guys like Craig right. Calcaterra and you know. But somebody like that made the point. It's right. like there aren't small market teams. Every owner's a billionaire. Like oh, you know. Sure. Yeah, your TV rights point. deal in Tampa and your ticket sales in Oakland are bad. But right. your owner's still a billionaire. They could right. they could do right. whatever they wanted. They could sign anyone to any contract. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It, you know, 
the the point the problem is you get teams like the Orioles who just are like, yeah, we're just not gonna spend money. Right. We're we're right. just gonna take our profit uh, sharing check or uh, what uh, what do they call it? Competitive balance payment. Right. Right. Um, which is effectively just profit sharing from the big clubs to the small clubs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but it's like, well, we'll we'll just take that and bank it for nothing. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, <laughs> they they're adjusting the outfield wall. It's not nothing. The, at Camden Yards, they're moving the outfield wall they about are, ten feet. Are. I saw that. I saw that. Yes, yes. I mean, it. I don't know. I, you know, you you follow baseball closer than me, and so you know, you may have an answer to this. But like, I guess in some ways, I, I know some of the issues. Um. But but yeah, I mean that 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 issue of how many teams it just seems like aren't interested in competing. You know that can't be good for the sport. Um, and and that I don't know how you fix that necessarily. I mean, what what's the fix to that? I I mean the you're, the owners aren't going to want to hear this, but it's a salary floor that's yeah. higher. It yeah. it just needs to be higher, like. Yeah, I, I understand I that, that there sense. is a minimum, right? There is a floor. Right. And if you don't make it, you kind of have to spread it out over who's still on your team to some right. extent. But, it, you know, you should have to you should have to put a team out that's at least $50 million. Uh, yeah. You know, you should yeah, have to be right. willing to expend that much money. And if you can't do it, there are other billionaires who would buy a team. Sure. <laughs> you sure. Know? No, that, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, I, I don't. I don't doubt that. Um, and and I don't know, I just yeah. I, well, and, and so I I don't think you know the players are going to ask for a greater piece of the pie, obviously, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But there, are, you know, there are reasonable things. And if you're saying, oh, the players are too greedy, the players are too greedy. The players didn't decide that Mike Trout and Bryce Harper right. and Francisco Lindor should get paid that way. And, and frankly, right. given the way analytics has gone with these teams. And, and I'm not saying they're wrong because we see the same thing in football with running backs. But when you look and you say, hey, we used to pay guys for their past production, the Albert Pujols deal, the Miguel Cabrera right. deal. Right. And we're not doing that anymore. We'd rather right. just not invest in those guys. For guys who we think are very special, we'll do it. Sure. The players, the answer for the players, I think, needs to be, okay, increase the minimum salary to a million bucks. Yeah. Which is insane. I know it's like double the minimum salary now. Yeah. But you, yeah. you you increase it to a million bucks. Maybe you stick your neck out on the line a little bit for the minor leaguers, and and you know, yeah. I saw that they are going to give them housing as a requirement moving too. forward, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you stick your neck out for them a little, but you get your league minimum up higher, and and yeah. that if you do that, by the way, that creates a salary floor of twenty six million, which not every team was reaching. Right. So right. You right. know, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. You'd... And so what, I mean, what are the, I mean, I know one big point of contention is the, you know, the, the Chris Bryant sort of, uh, whatever that, you know, like basically delaying guys free agency a year by keeping them yeah, in the so it's, is, it's is been... that a significant, is that a significant point of contention or is that not as important? So that's one of those ones that if the owners are serious that they're willing to do that, and change that rule, I think everyone yeah. would agree, like, that's a good thing. Okay. But that only matters to such a select group. Because re- yeah. the thing that's important to remember here for the negotiations is it's the MLB Players Association. It's not yeah. 
Professional Baseball Players Association. So most of that constituency, this doesn't apply to for whatever reason. So So if the owners are doing this because they're saying, we'll throw this on the table, we bet you'll trade this away for something else, they're probably right. The players probably will trade it away. If it's something where they just recognize it's good politics to stop doing this because fans, it's like the one thing fans understand. When you know when your top prospect has a great spring, and then you're like, "Well, he'll be up on May 1st. Right, right. I mean, you know, again, I'm a good example of that. I guess, like, I know that's been a point of contention, but you make a good point that, like, that is a select group. It's sort of like the NBA and the guys who could come out of high school, and we get we get obsessed with that. But it's like, how many guys really is that an option for? Not that many. Uh, you know, so so then tell me. I mean, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Denzel Washington in the movie Philadelphia. They explain this to me like I'm a five year old. So what, what are we trying to what what's the what's the points of contention here? So what the owners want is expanded playoff. Okay. The players want a greater share then of profit sharing at the playoff level. Okay. So that's that makes one. Makes sense, I suppose. Okay. Two both sides, and this is the one that I think is everyone's kind of treating as a lock, and I think it's correct. Both sides kind of want the universal DH, right? Because we've expanded rosters to 26. So you're not logical. Yeah. So you're not actually taking a pitcher away from either team now. And and it's 15 extra jobs. Exactly. Whatever. It it lets the guys who are in the league stay longer. Yeah. And so that's something the union can get behind. And and the owners want to do it because offense sells. Sure. You know. I mean, I've always thought that logical. Like when I was a little, when I was a kid, I I wanted both leagues to go to pitchers hitting, and yeah. then realized that was never going to happen. And so for probably fifteen years, I've kind of been of the mindset of like, let's just have DH everywhere. You know, it's it's in every other level of baseball, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, college has it, minor mm-hmm. leagues have it. Like the the National League is the only one where pitchers still hit on a regular basis. Yeah, and not in spring training. <laughs> right, right. So I mean it. And, and so that's one of those that, and, and the way you're explaining it, I guess, I mean, I get it. Like, I remember that was discussed before last year. I'm like, why is there any uh, pushback to this? Like, it feels like the player should be 100% on board. And, I, I, I mean, and I think the idea a symptom of like, there's such distrust that like, if, if the owners say they want it, even if it benefits the players, the players are like, nah, not interested. Y- yes. I think to, to, a, to a large extent, it's, it's that it's, Hey, look, you want this. Yeah. I grant that you want this. I see the logic in it. Yeah. But you want it. So you have to give me something to get it. Yeah. It feels a little bit like the discussion we had a few days ago about the expanded college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Like it, on the surface, doesn't it benefit everybody to have more teams in the playoff? Why would you resist? But it, but it almost feels like the other conferences are like, hey, wait a minute. If the SEC wants this then something must be up with it. I can, you know, it must not be what it seems. We can't accept it. Yeah. If you want this, if this is important yeah. for you, then, then you got to pay that, me for something. And, and important for us. Yeah. And I so, so for ownership, part of this is like the reversal on the, you know, super two. Right. Ownership does this. They're not really treating it as a gift. So really what we're fighting about is profit sharing, minimum yeah. salaries, 
Okay. Roster size and playoffs. So what, so what do the, the players want? A bigger roster than 26? In an ideal world, I think the players want that 28-man roster that you get okay. to just be it's permanent. Never, they they, gotcha. they probably won't get it. And obviously gotcha. the reason baseball ownership doesn't want that is sure. you've got to pay for Two that. More salaries for every team. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's not like yeah. and it's not like basketball where you can just have between twelve and fifteen guys, right? You right. know, it's you got to have them, right? That makes sense, I guess. And so you you explain it well because I, honestly, I did think. I mean, this is one of those on the surface, like, well, why are the players opposed to expanded playoffs? Don't they make more money if we expand the playoffs? But they're looking for basically a bigger slice of the pie with yeah. said expanded playoffs. Yeah, so the okay. so the the fight okay. is twofold. One, do we want to expand the playoff? Realistically, yeah. similar to the Universal DH, you could see how everyone would want it, but the owners yeah. want it more because it's more okay. TV rights they can sell, sure. it's more games sure. they can sell. You know. And what is what is the end game to get what 14 teams total? 7 each? Is that is that where we're headed or 8 each? I well so I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Heyman tweeted today. Montreal and they it was Montreal and Nashville were the two most likely expansion sites. Okay. And I think I where we're that. I think where okay. we're trying to get to, which is crazy, yeah. is thirty two teams, four divisions each, four and then two wild card maybe I guess. So six in each league. Yeah, so you get okay. twelve in, because then you go, you okay. go right. So you go uh, NFL four divisions of four. Okay, makes sense. Then you so you get your four division winners and your top two non division winners. Yeah, so then you get six. You have so I, you do like three six and four five best of three type of deal. I'm assuming is what I, they're getting at. You would think, yeah, it'd have to be something like that. Yeah, because one game would, I mean, that doesn't increase the pie much. If right. You do that, you're only adding one game in each league. Right. I think they're shooting for more than that. Well, and then, so the other thing that they might be looking to do is having the option to expand to eight. Yeah. When And yeah. so when expansion takes place, which expansion is a win for everyone, because sure, owners get sure. paid an expansion fee, players get another players 52-ish get guys. Right. You know, that's 52 more yeah. jobs. That's not nothing sure. in a, sure. <laughs> in no, a sport no, that doesn't not, have yeah. jobs, you know. Right, right, yeah, yeah, interesting, okay. So ex- that does make sense, yeah. So expansion is not really bad for anyone. Yeah. At yeah. least on the outset. I mean, from a from a competitive standpoint, and I know that's never everybody, that's never the primary concern, but like eight teams make some sense in a way because – Baseball's not really a sport that benefits you to sit for. I mean, if you're a, if you're in the six team scenario, so your top two seeds sit for what five six days potentially. I mean, that gets you out of rhythm, you know. And, and baseball's an everyday sport. It's not it's not football where it's like oh bye week man great you know or, or, or you know that's that's a huge thing for us. Now, you don't no. want a bye week in baseball necessarily. But no. then the flip side of me says if you go to eight. Then you're almost saying like, okay, well, half so the, the league best team. If you go to half eight, the league, half the league's in the playoffs. Half the league's in, and then you're if you do best of three in the first round, then you're saying that the best team, a team that wins 110 games, could lose two out of three to a team that won 80, which 
happens all the time in the regular season. Well, and all I, the time you have a really good team lose a three game series to a bad team. Well, and you and can find out. you can I think of think. examples like that, right? Like sure. you know, look at a team like the old, you know, the early two thousands, mid two thousands Mariners. Their pitching right. was not good, but if King Felix is pitching, you know, one game, that yeah. means they just got to win one out of two. Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, like I'm, you know, I mean, I'm just off the top of my head. Last year, the Dodgers were really good, but I remember they had a they had a stretch in like July or August where they they got swept by Colorado, and mm-hmm. you know, no big deal. It happens, but it's like, well, okay, so if that ha- if you you know two games and you're out, I don't know if you want that, but I, but you know, again, but it's more games. Standpoint is is not what people are concerned about. I mean, that's look at football. We've just seen it with football. Like you know, now that now the two seed, which forever was a bye, you, now it's well, you know, two more games. Sorry, tough luck. You can be out the first round too. Well, and so let's talk about the other elephant in the room, which okay. is the 162 game schedule. Yeah, yeah. The players would just as soon play 154 or 145 yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Owners obviously don't want to do that because it's less TV, it's less ticket revenue, it's less everything. Sure, yeah. I have always been, across leagues, a proponent of expansion with a game reduction because your your national game, you know, allotment doesn't have to change, right? True. You've got the the same amount of games being played or more. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just... Each team is playing less. Yeah. And so there's some yeah. of that stuff that you could maybe do around the margins. Do I think that's realistically going to happen, that they're going to reduce games? No, I don't. No, I mean, that's my field, too. That's It gets talked about the NBA every year, the same, you know, like, uh, you know, it makes sense to go to 70. And like, yeah, as, as you and I sit here in our living rooms, yeah. But owners who want to line their pockets don't want to lose six home games. Exactly. And, the, and the same with baseball, you know, like, and, and not that baseball attendance is great because in most places it's not, but you know, even if you put 15,000 people in the stands that, you know, for an extra, let's say you go to, you know, 146 or whatever, that's what, eight home games you're losing? Well, I'm just making it, or yeah. 144, you're yeah. losing nine home games if you take, you know, even number series or whatever. Well, you know, and I it's mean, also, significant. think about this though, it's not just the ticket revenue and the parking and the concessions right. and all that. The biggest value they have are national TV deals and then sure. their local TV deals. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, no for national, if you add teams, that's one thing. But most of the Brewers games, most of mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks games, they're just on the local Bally Sports channel. Sure. And sure. if all of a sudden you have less of those games to sell, you're not going to get as much money. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's the same. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna again take it to college football because you know, I've done it in the past, and I see people still do it. Like, well, here's how you answer more games with an expanded playoff: you just go back to 11 a year. Mm-hmm. That ain't gonna happen. There's, there's too much money to be lost for for taking every away team that has that 12th game, and and of course with college football, it is much about attendance. It's you know, so many places they got you know 90 to 100 thousand people, and yeah, they don't want to lose that. But TV matters too. I mean, you know, you take away a game not going to get as much money so yeah i mean it's always one of those things i think it's easy for for you know us to sit at home as fans and be like you know what would make sense is if they played less games totally agree but financially i don't i don't know it's that i see it's going to happen and so 
that's kind of where it is. Like, you know, we need the genie's not going back in the bottle on some of these things. Like we're not paying mid tier players based on past performance anymore. We, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, once the thought, you know, it is, it's sort of the, you know, high school to the pros in the NBA or, the, you know, like, once this becomes the dominant thought, like, yeah, you're not just going to flip a switch and have be like, yep, you know what, we will give those exorbitant contracts to guys who are 32 years old now. So, no, I mean, you know, like, once you figure it out, then you figure it out and you don't go backwards on it. So the bulk of these guys, you know, one of the simplest ways to think about this that I try to look at is most of these guys aren't impacted by the super two and they're not impacted by the $30 million a year contract. Sure. We all agree. They don't want a salary cap and ownership seems okay to not give a salary cap right now. Yeah. But with no salary cap, you also run into this where like you get teams like the Orioles and I'm not picking on them. They do this. They don't spend money. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, they've been non-competitive for the last several years, um, you know, and, and just kind of an embarrassment in, in terms of the product they put on the field. So, no, I'm, I'm with you. So at this, at this point, you think about what is it that they that they do want, where can they start finding what my negotiation class in law school called zones of possible agreement. So, <laughs> yeah, so right, zones right. of possible agreement. Revenue split has to be worked yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Expanded rosters could be worked out. Adjusting on the margins, the league minimum, probably you'll get worked out. Yeah. Adding a DH almost certainly is going to get worked out. You know, because yeah. these are things so that benefit. As you're, as you're going through this, I'm sitting here thinking, how has the acrimony gotten so high? Like, none of the things we're talking about feel like a, well, that's why these two sides hate each other so much. Or, I mean, like, what's, and I don't, I don't know that there's an answer. Maybe you can tell me if there is, but it's like, none of these things seem unworkable. I think it's because, well, I shouldn't say this. My personal guess is a romantic guess, which is yeah. the players have the sense that the owners and the commissioner's office don't care about the game. Yeah. Yeah. And therefore, any of these changes that they can point to as saying, you know, that's anti-competitive or that diminishes some aspect of the game, they will point to. Right. Um, but why is there this acrimony? Kurt Flood? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, there, I mean, there's always been <laughs> a shade of acrimony in, in baseball. And obviously, it's you know, but it just... I guess as, as you're kind of going through these points, I'm sitting here thinking like, okay, they make sense. I, I get what you're talking about, but why can't they come together on these things? I mean, it just seems like it's mutually beneficial. If, if the biggest bones of contention are, hey, we want to expand to playoffs, we want a universal DH, but like, okay, that should be well, I mean, the biggest sides. bone of contention is how much of the TV money gets shared and kicked back. I guess. I, I mean, guess that's that makes a... Sense. It always comes down to, to money, yeah. you know, I mean, you know... But, you know, in the past, it's there's been the, you know, we're going to have a salary cap. And you're right. It feels like that's not even on the table. Um, and, and so, you know, it, I guess it just feels like, I mean, I get it. Obviously, I get, you know, they're coming at it from different perspectives. And I'm not saying they're going to, you know, shake hands and sing kumbaya. But it's also like, it feels like this is ridiculous that we're looking at missing missing games over this. 
Well, and that's the the point of Ken Rosenthal's column this week as I read it. You know, like, how did we get here? Yeah, I mean, what it really, I think, is on some level is Clark and Manfred just don't get along. It it seems like oil and water. They, you know, you know, and, and frankly, where the where all of this distrust, recent modern distrust stems from, I think, is 2020 season. When yeah. the players basically yeah. were like, "We'll show up. Tell we'll us where to up. go," and and, they, and, and they the, the 60 games, right? and the owners right. basically they negotiated this deal of, "Well, if we can't make any agreement, we'll play 60 games." Right. And then the owners decided, "Okay, well, we are fine with that, so we just we won't bring you back." Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. No, and and I get that. I mean, I do remember that obviously caused a lot of consternation, and and I was. I was on the side of the players too, and you know, in that sense, it's like, what are, what are we doing here? Uh, you know, but it felt like they just they weren't interested in any more than that, basically. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it seems ridiculous to say, it's like, you know, how could you really say they don't care about baseball? But but in some ways, that's the impression that that the the major league office gives you is that they just they don't really they don't really love the game. You know, I mean, it's all the stuff with the minor leagues that we've talked about in the past, the cutting the teams and all. And it's like, what are we doing here? You know, you're you're yeah. you're cutting into the heart of the game, you know, and you're, and you're well, making it like a like a corporation, which it is a corporation. I get it. But it's like you're, you're cutting away a lot of the romanticism. Well, and if you want to, you know, if you want the easiest example, piece of metal. The, the yeah. entire season yeah. is geared toward that piece of metal yeah, being the only thing that matters. And that's the commissioner point. of the league called it a piece of metal. And that's yeah. why you get guys like Joe Posnanski uh, yeah. and and the guys who've been around the league forever saying, right. you know, pointing these things out and saying the commissioner appears to not like baseball. Yeah. And I, and well, I, and I don't really believe he does it. To say, yeah. But, but it, but it does feel that way in, in some circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I don't really think Rob Manfred dislikes baseball. No. But he's but not he a... Like a guy who doesn't, he doesn't love it. No, he he's not a shepherd of the game, no, you know? No, You know, he's, it doesn't feel like he's... His primary mission is, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got a powerful seat in the greatest sport ever... And, and, you know, I don't think it's great sport ever, but, you know, like that's what the yeah. baseball commissioner should think. It's like, you know, my sport is the greatest thing ever. It's It's got incredible history and, and you know, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I preserve that that spot and maybe even make it better. You know, get, get baseball back to, I don't know if it ever will be, but, you know, that should be the goal. Get baseball back to where it was in the 50s, where it was yeah. America's pastime. That wasn't just a name; it, it actually was. Yeah. Um. You know, but it, but yeah, it doesn't feel like that's his mission at all. No, I, and and I think part of it is the things that that they make noise about. You know, pitch clocks and, and right. Uh, you know, robot umps and stuff. It's like, as a fan, I saw they're doing robot umpires in AAA for balls and strikes oh, next too. year. It's like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't yeah. think the, the thing is, I don't think the players are standing in the way of those kind of changes. Like, I no, mean, on, on no. the margins, are the players wanting, you know, less drug testing, lower penalties for that? Sure. You know, sure. the players union has, to its credit, you know, gone along with and been vocally supportive of the domestic violence changes right. in terms of the policy, right. making it stiffer penalties, faster action, yeah. things like that. You yeah. know, the. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I like some of the attempts to, you know, make the game faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's a tough one because baseball's not a clock game. Never has been, probably never will be. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think you have to be mindful of the fact that, you know, I mean, we get, God, we get into the postseason and, I mean, I remember texting you last October and saying, you know, gosh, this game is, you know, it's two to one. And when the fourth inning, the game's been on for two plus hours. Yeah. Like, well, that, that should not happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so. Well, and the yeah, playoffs are the know, worst because you get the full yes. commercial break every time there's every a possibility. Time, yes. Yes. And, and those are those are where you've got your casual fans, mostly. Mm-hmm. You know, the diehards are watching the games in, in middle of May. Uh, but but the casual, you know, the, the kid who's, you know, he's got school tomorrow, you know, you, he's watching with his dad the playoffs, and it's like, oh, sorry, you got to go to bed in the fifth inning because it's 9 o'clock, tough luck. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, like, you got to be, there's got to be a better way to do that. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's got to be a better way. So mm-hmm. I, I get that notion, but you also, that's such a tough thing because you have to balance you know, not making the game some sort of, you know, gimmicky shell of what it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, the game is still the game, and it's nine innings and it's 27 outs, and, and you know, like the whole seven-inning doubleheader thing. I mean, I don't mind it, but at the same time, it's it's a little bit of a yeah. uh, less of a game. You know, I mean, it just is. Like, the game is built to be nine innings, not seven. Well, and, the yeah, runner on second, the whole bit. Yes. Um, Which, you know, I don't hate those things, but I also... I get why people push back at it because it is like, well, you, you know, and now it feels like beer league softball, you know, well, we got to, we, we got to finish this game before the lights come on, you know, like, yeah. well, all right, uh, put a runner on second. There is a, uh, there is one other thing that I, I should say as we were going through the stuff where there's yeah. a, it's one of those things where it's an obvious point of contention and it hasn't changed in decades. <laughs> uh, the players would like arbitration to go away or not be as long. Not be as many years. Free agency, I assume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the you know the the way it works, which I I know you know, but when guys get called up when they're under team control, the team basically can set their salary and doesn't have to increase it. And then when they're in arbitration, they get to negotiate it. But it's seven, so it's seven years of team control, four years depending on super two manipulation, but just standard four years of team sets your salary. Yeah. Three yeah. years of arbitration. So if you are a phenom, you hit arbitration at 23 and hit free yeah. agency at 26. If yeah. you are yeah. a guy who went to college, right. you hit arbitration at 29 or free agency at 29 or 30. Yeah. Yeah. If you, Which if you crazy. go through this, I mean, yeah. It's one of those things that when you compare it to the other professional sports that we follow, you know, basketball and football primarily. I don't know all the ins and outs of, of the NHL salary structure, but like it's so crazy to think about. You know, yeah. you think about the NFL, like, oh, they draft these guys and you get a, you know, we were just talking about Kyler Murray at the start. You get a, you know, three-year deal and it's worth this much money and then there's an option for this year. Then you're in free agency, you know, like this, this sort of like almost indefinite mm-hmm. feels like control, you know, all the way into, you know, your, your middle age when it comes to a, a professional athlete is kind of wild. Yeah. I know it's an institutional part of baseball. We just kind of accept it. But it is one of those that if you look at the other two professional sports, like, gosh, can you imagine trying to get that system passed in the NFL or basketball oh, now? Absolutely no not. And and, <laughs> yeah. and so the question then becomes, like, 
would baseball ever give on that? Because the example that right. the recent example that I, I point to because of my fandom, it's readily available is Josh Hader. Josh Hader sure. won the, you know, relief pitcher of the year award back to back years. And you know what the Brewers did? They decided his salary for under $700,000 both years. Yeah, it's wild. It's and, like, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and you then, know, like the, so there's two ways that it can happen. The player and the team can agree or the right. player cannot agree. And the team just says what it is. Says it. And right. you know what? Every <laughs> right. year, the Brewers reach agreements with most of them. And Josh Hader refused to agree because really? he was just yeah. like, well, this is stupid. I deserve yeah. more. I'm much more valuable than this. Yeah. And the yeah. Brewers just renewed him because yeah. they could. And because they they, gave, they yeah. had a formula yeah. for how they gave raises. And every year he got more, which yeah. to you and me, to a normal person, a $50,000 raise is sure. real. Pretty good. Right. Right. But it's not the same. I mean, athletes operate on a different different playing field than the rest of us. So, yeah, I, I get that. But, you know, so if they if if baseball were so inclined to, you know, make it two years of arbitration instead of three. Yeah. Yeah. That you could probably get a lot for that chip for that. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. But they'll yeah, never give it up. No, and and, sure and the argument, of course, and this is where those guys freak out. Uh, but the argument is, well, competitive balance, competitive balance, competitive balance. And it's like, yeah. you know, these these owners could afford to pay Josh Hader more. Like, I I am oh, sure, God, yeah. like, I think Mark Atanasio, the Brewers owner, is a great owner. And uh, I am sure that the businessman and attorney that he is has no desire to pay Josh Hader more. No, but I am also sure certain yeah. that he could. Sure. You know, given yeah, how much yeah. my tickets are and, and my parking <laughs> is. I'm and sure how much money they made from TV. And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for the primer. I needed it. So, um, so yeah. Now you had another topic that do you, do you want to get into it? Hall of fame, I assume is what you were referring to. That is what I was referring to. If I was going to get into it, I w- I'll, I'll tell you my limited thoughts. Okay. I, I saw someone articulate this again. It was on Twitter. I can't remember who it might. It was somebody who was retweeting, uh, not Mr. Tibbs, Ryan Thibodeau, who does the hall of fame tracker. Yes. Yes. Um, but they retweeted it and their comment was, I, I want to say it was John Morosi. You have the fifth best player, the the best player, the second best player, the fifth best player, and the eighth best player on the ballot, by my estimation, are all shrouded in steroid performance enhancing yeah. allegations. I find it odd that the fifth best player is the only one who is getting votes David consistently. Yeah. 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 I saw well, I think you you retweeted somebody who said something about there's there's eight guys eight guys on the ballot who, you know, have some cloud over them and and Ortiz has the most votes that he's probably the you know fifth or sixth most accomplished of those guys mm-hmm. and how is this possible and and I mean yeah well how is it possible I think I know the answer David Ortiz is, is a lovable character um, you know he he was a, a popular guy with the Red Sox now he's on TV uh, you know the media liked him they still like him and that's how should that be the determining factor a hundred percent no 
but but I do believe that is the determining factor. David Ortiz isn't a better player than Barry Bonds. He's no not way, a better player than A-Rod. No, he's not. Oh, God, no. Is he a better player than Sammy Sosa? Hmm? I don't think so. I mean, over the length and breadth of their career, Sammy Sosa accomplished more. Did win World Series, but, you know, we know that's that's a, that's a team game. I yeah. mean, you know, like, Sammy Sosa can't win a World Series by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we got to hold, we don't hold that against Ted Williams. Why would we hold it against Sammy Sosa? Uh, you know, so, uh, like, and I mean, look, I know Sammy Sosa's kind of a, you know, circus freak now with all, you know, and he's, and he's a, you know, he, he's lied multiple times about, uh, you know, yeah. like, attack his character all you want, but his career is worthy of the Hall of Fame. Well, so and this David is, Ortiz, I would say, or at least comparable. You know, we're we're at the end now uh, of Bonds and Clemens right. on the ballot. This is it, and yeah. and yeah. I think they will get in on this the year? veteran committee. I don't. Okay. I, 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 I think agree. their peers will put them in. I don't think they will get put in this year. I agree. What I, agree, I will yeah. say, you know, we've talked about this a number of times. What I will say right. on this is. If they're on the ballot, you should vote for them as a player. Yes. And that's that's it. If because it, it's it. unfair. If you if if there's a morals clause that we're saying these guys shouldn't be in, then they shouldn't be on the ballot. If they're on the ballot, right. you need to assess what they, they did between the lines. Yeah, you know, I, I mean Dan it. Shaughnessy with his one Jeff Kent vote for the second oh year in a row God. is just asinine. It you is. Know? It's completely you I mean, know, if or, you're or, gonna do that, I, and I'm saying this with all seriousness, if you're going to pick a giant player to yeah. put in the Hall of Fame as your one guy, and you're not going to pick Bonds, right? Big time Timmy Jim, the guy won two <laughs> Cy Youngs. He was dominant. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, like yeah. I and, and believe me, I don't think Lindsey Cum should be in the Hall of Fame. No. I think it's an interesting no, case, but you know, it it is just it, it, it's stupid. At least I suppose. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I just I read a lot of you know. Oh, I voted for for Bonds because you know before steroids he was like. First of all, how how do you know? I mean, last I checked, Barry Bonds hasn't come out and said, "All right, on this day I started taking." Steroids. I didn't start doing steroids until yeah. I was in my Evaluate second year in San Francisco. This. Yeah, I mean, come on, you know you can't. And and the same with Clemens. And it's like you know, well, he was all favorite based on the Red Sox. I agree, but but how do you how do you determine that type of stuff and? This is, I mean, of course, you know, I've been consistent. I know you are on the same page with me. Just, just put them all in. If they have the career to merit it, just put them in. Stop, you know, judging them personally. Put them in. But, you know, again, it, I, I come back to this. We've we've made it where Hall of Fame induction is akin to, uh, you know, uh, of praising of their character and what a great guy well, they are. And it, like, it doesn't have to be that way. But so unfortunately, we've gone too far down that road, I think. Michael Schur and Joe Posnanski have talked about this, and, and their point, which I think is relevant to our discussion, is yeah. it's a museum telling the history of the game. And yeah. now you're going to try to tell the history of the game without the hit king, the home run leader. Uh, and maybe the best but, pitcher of all time. And, and, at least. and both guys who brought baseball back in 1998. True, true. Yeah, 100%. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, you don't, you know, like... The Hall of Fame should be exactly that. It should be a recognition of the history of the game. And, and you know, the best players are supposed to be recognized for that. And it's not necessarily that they were all great guys. I mean, I know this gets said all the time. I'm far from 
the first or last to say, but you know, Ty Cobb wasn't a good guy. No. Uh, well, more know, recently, Ruth probably in many ways was not a good guy, you know, but well, like, they're in there because they were great baseball players. You know, well, they, we also can go more recently. It depends on what you think, but Robbie Alomar's already in. They're not taking true, him out. True. <laughs> no, they, and they shouldn't. I mean, you know? I, don't, I would not agree if they did. Um, I mean, you know, like well, you can have the discussion just because you're in the Hall of Fame does not make you a saint no. or a great person. You know, and, it, and it's not supposed to. Well, and in fact, um, here's the thing. We wouldn't talk about the question of whether Ty Cobb was a good guy, but for the fact that he was a good baseball player. Because if the, if the question was, hey, was this white Georgian in the 19-teens and 20s probably by today's standard considered a good guy liking his fellow man? No, of course right. not. We wouldn't right. talk about it. But because he no, happened right. to hit a lot and well... Uh-huh. And had a great quote about how good he would hit when he was in his 80s. Yes. You know? Yes, yes, yes. We talk I mean, about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, you look at you look at other sport halls of fame. You know, Lawrence Taylor's in the Hall of Fame. And he should be. Was Lawrence Taylor a, a good person? History would say no. Uh, O.J. Simpson in the Hall of Fame. Should be. Good person? Probably not. You know, but, but you know, should we shouldn't be judging that because as humans, how do we know who's a good person and who's not? We don't know. We think we do, but but how many times does something? I mean, Robbie Alomar is a great example. Through the length of Robbie Alomar's career, I don't think anybody thought like, oh, he spit this on an really umpire, a terrible person. That yeah. was he and spit he on got, an umpire. That was and the he thing. got a lot of criticism for that. But but you know, yeah, it wasn't like oh, this guy might be a, you know an evil person. Well, now it kind of appears he might be. Omar Vizquel, who's probably not going to get in the Hall of Fame, because he's lost like fifty happened. votes this year. Yeah, you know, but like he almost got in. He was in the mix a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and you know, for most of his career, he was like, you know, oh man, the, you know, hardworking guy. You know, he, he's just a gritty, tough competitor. He plays great defense. You know, like nobody knew what was going on behind the scenes with him. So mm-hmm. we shouldn't judge because because we don't know. I mean, yeah, we think that you know Ken Griffey Jr. is a great guy, and he may very well be, but he also may not be. We mm-hmm. we don't know. So like we that should not be our litmus test because. Unless you live with that person on a daily basis, which baseball writers don't, uh, you don't know if they're a good person. I mean, seeing them in the clubhouse for, you know, 20 minutes before a game and 20 minutes after is not knowing them. Yeah. But but I think baseball writers like to think it is. Um, and, I mean, other sports writers, too, too. You know, it's not just baseball writers, but that's what we're sort of discussing here. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's that to me is the problem and, and where we've gone so wrong with – all of the halls of fame, but especially baseball, is this you know moral judging of like you know well mm-hmm. this guy took steroids so he's not good, but this guy might have taken steroids, but it didn't really help him. Like what? Well, and How then you the, you know, one of the things that I've admired about your consistency on this across sports is yeah these are these are not heroes. Like, no. you have favorite players, but your favorite player is not your hero. No. You know, they have, have... never felt that way. You know, yeah. they, they're not, you know, they're not a role model. No. They are no. a plumber. I mean, I, you know, we've had this discussion many a time about Tiger Woods as he yeah. went through his saga, you know, 10, 10 or so years ago. It's like, uh, you know, I became a Tiger Woods fan because he was a great golfer. And so the fact that he cheated on his wife, do I like that? No. But it's not going to change my opinion of him because, you know, he's not my friend. He's not my family. 
I'm not personally betrayed by Tiger Woods' marital infidelity. Yeah. You know, he did nothing to me. Um, yeah. You know, if his wife has his has her opinion changed, sure, makes total sense. Well, but, and, you know, and I'll, yeah. I, I've had a bit of a reckoning in the last couple of years with my childhood favorite player, Brett Favre. Uh, you know, sure. this eight hundred thousand uh, dollars of misdirected right. funds. You know, Jen our Sturger, the, Jen Sturger, yeah. our our political the views line. and who he sure. endorsed on election day in twenty twenty sure. are certainly sure. not aligned. And it's sure. like, so I've had a bit of a like reckoning of like, well, he's still, you know what, still my favorite player from when I was a kid. Absolutely, and he should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, nobody is is. Hit, nobody bats a thousand you know nobody agrees with us on every single thing or does every single thing right and and you know i mean i try to like there's a line there but you know i i've gone through that a bit with deshaun watson you know i like deshaun watson i will still root for deshaun watson when he comes back do i do i like that you know apparently he was a you know serial cheater and and you know I, no i don't but i like deshaun watson first football Mm-hmm. Not not because I thought, you know, that Deshaun Watson seems like a great guy. I don't know that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend I do. Jameis Winston, another one. I liked him. Mm-hmm. I still do. Uh, you know, well, do and, I, and do the I thing is, everything he was accused of, no, but well, I'm not going to change my opinion of him. And when we talk about, you know, the morals clause of these things, you know, go cross sport. You mentioned OJ Simpson, Ray Lewis. Right. I, I think Ray Lewis and Barry Bonds can be lumped in a similar cloth. If you want to talk Probably. about things that, you know, we don't know. They've never admitted. There's a lot of right. circumstances around it that seem a little sketchy. Right. Ray, Ray Lewis right. might not be the best guy in the world, but we put him on Probably NFL not. Network. We put him in the Hall of Fame. We, you know, exactly comes down to personality. Ray Lewis did a great job. I don't know if it was him or a PR firm or whatever, but they, they, you know, he rehabbed his image over the course of his career. He, you know, to the point where most people have forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds didn't care. No, rehab his image. I mean, Barry Bonds has one of my favorite things, you know, one of my favorite little anecdotes of him as a player yeah. was he was in a he was in an all-star game. And I think I want to say it was Mark Kotze was in the yeah. all-star game. It, it might not have been him, but that's the name that sticks okay. in my head. Yeah. But some player, a Kotze level all-star, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who's in for, you know, sure. one good year or half a season or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Came up to him and said. Hey, can you give me some, you know, at the batting cage, can you give me some tips, like how you do what you do? And he basically said, no, I do this because I am, you know, a prodigy. I can't tell you how to do this. Yeah. You know, be better. Like, and it's like, that's, that's true. Like, and, 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 but that's the, that is the sum of his career. Like he wasn't trying to help the younger guys or do these things. He was just basically saying like, no, I got it. I agree, and he and he didn't. He never curried favor with the media. No, you know, he never went out of his way to be a good media guy. Or well, and the thing is, the media after his career, he gets he gets this, you know, rap. But I got his autograph when I was a kid at spring training twice because he would always sign for kids. He would not sign for adults, and he was very clear about that. But right. He would stand there and sign for 15, 20 minutes before yeah. a spring training game or on his way back to the locker room after yeah. a couple innings yeah. of playing. No, I mean, hey, I, I met him. You know, I met him when, when I went with ASU baseball to the College World Series, and he was nice because he knew we were from ASU. I think he was. He always had his guard up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, until he knew we were from ASU, it was like, ah, I didn't, you know. Oh, no. If, like, oh, okay. if yeah, you're an ASU yeah. person or a Giants fan. Right, it, right. You know. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just think he was kind of a distrusting person and, and, and just, I mean, 
is he arrogant? Sure. Sure. You know, uh, yeah. Hey, he, he's the all-time home run leader. It, yeah. we, it, we're, you he know, we're, we're, yeah. not, we're not blessed with Hank Aaron's in every stat right. category no, for decades at a time. <laughs> like, right, right. I mean, Tiger Woods is arrogant. Like, Tiger yeah. Woods is kind of, he's softened over the last few years. and it, You know, but for most of Tiger's career, he, you know, he had no time for anybody else on tour. He did his own thing. He had a couple of friends that lived by him, and you know, but he was very, uh, he was a recluse because his mission was to dominate. That was it. Like, mm-hmm. he was, a, he was a, a machine that was out there to dominate golf, and relationships were not part of that. That's changed of late as it, you know, as he's gotten into older age. But I think Bonds was the same way. Like, you know, when you're you know, Jordan is that way. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan didn't make a lot of friends. And if he did, he'd use it against you. Jordan mm-hmm. was friends with Patrick Ewing and he, and he like, you know, mentally tortured him. Still does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you go so, any number of ways with that discussion, but yeah. The point I, is they're getting it wrong. They are getting it wrong. <laughs> I think a hundred percent. And I, and I know, you know, this is, I was, I was hope when you said, I think Bonds and Clemens will get in. I thought, boy, are you, are you more optimistic than me that they'll get in this year? Cause I, mm-hmm. I'd love for that to happen, but I don't no. see it happening. Well, and I'll tell you this, and not only would I love for them to get in this year, I'd love for it to be borderline and they barely get in. And yeah. then I want them to just filibuster on the, <laughs> on the podium. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Or yeah. more likely they both go T.O., and just do it from somewhere count. else. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could certainly see Bonds doing that. Yeah, um, you know, like I've always felt like Clemens was more concerned about his image than Bonds. Like yeah. you know, I think Clemens wanted to be loved. Um, you know, Clemens reminds me of Bryson DeChambeau, the golfer. I don't know how much you have followed his you know arc, but I think he wants to be loved. He just isn't good at it. He mm-hmm. can't help himself. Uh, you know, but I don't think Bonds cares. Never has felt like he cared. Um, I mean, I, you know, to me, Hey, I, I'd say, let's just make this whole class, like the uncomfortable class, put in Kurt Schilling, put in a rod, put in bonds, put in Clemens, put in. So, so let's just get them all done. Yeah. Just move on. Well, and then wash our hands in it. Yeah. Schilling won't get in either. I don't think. Oh no. Even though he was so close last year. Uh, he's going to lose. I mean, he's lost 20, he's yeah. lost 20 votes. Cause I'll yeah. tell you something else. If you yeah. tell writers don't vote for me, some of them will listen. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I and the ballot still. If he just shut his mouth. Yeah. Well, the ballot's still clogged. You know, like right. that's part of the right. issue. The ballot's still clogged with guys who, because yeah. of Bonds and Clemens, like, you know, Andrew Jones, I think, is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But yeah. we're not gonna Tough get traction. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you know, if you've I only agree. got ten spots, and you know, Ortiz, Bonds, Clemens. Right. Shilling, Sosa, yeah, Schilling, like yeah, at some point yeah. it's like, well, someone has to fall off, and now unfortunately these are the guys who are going to fall off one way or the other. They're going to fall off, right, right, yeah. I mean, Schilling was going to get in if he had just shut up. Yeah, I get, you know, but that's that, that's not his way. I yeah. you talk about another guy who just cannot get out of his own way. He's it, and I and I think Schilling should be in to be an you know, unbelievable postseason pitcher. That's the that's the difference maker for me. But um, well, appeared in the World it. Series for three different teams, won it with two yeah. different teams, and was a huge part of those wins. It wasn't like he just, you know, was the was the number four starter who, you know, like I mean, the, the Diamondbacks do not win the World Series without Kurt Schilling. Yeah. The Red Sox don't win the World Series without Kurt Schilling. I mean, you know, and so that like that's that's all I need to know that I would vote yes for him. But 
it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's, he's just too much of a bombastic loud mouth, <laughs> you know, like, and hey, mm-hmm. he, he knows it. Like, I mean, I think he's, he's comfortable with the fact that that's the case and he doesn't fight it. So I guess I, I respect that about him, but mm-hmm. yeah, if he just shut his mouth. He probably would have been in three years ago. Yeah. Hey, look, we've been ranting for a while. We'll be back next week. We have. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.